Life Audio. Even though I'm a planner, even though I like to have all my ducks in a row and know what's coming and know how to prep for it and plan for it and all that stuff, the majority of my life, when I look back at it and really big decisions, came from simple acts of obedience. Welcome to the Faith Over Fear podcast, where we discuss powerful truths to counter anxiety and fear, big and small. At Holy Love Ministries, we are... Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Hi, I'm Rebecca Scott. As a servant of God, wife, and mother of four, I understand the juggle of multiple roles and stages. That's why I created the Encourager podcast to help guide us through the messy middle stage of life. Join me on The Encourager as we challenge the chaos and embrace harmony. Together, we'll create practical systems to balance your roles and fulfill priorities. And we will do it while having joy and energy for both home and work life. Tune in for inspiring stories and interviews, actionable tips, and methods to do both home and work life. Because here, we believe you can do all things, just not all at once. Passionate about helping God's children discover, embrace, and experience soul, deep, emotional, and spiritual freedom, and we want to inspire you to share that freedom with others. We would love to connect with you online. Just visit our show notes to learn about one of our upcoming events, how to book one of our speakers for your next event, or simply how to connect with us. I'm Jennifer Slattery, and imagine being part of a hugely successful organization with a world-renowned reputation, an organization that helped highlight your unique gifting and talent, and you felt God calling you to step away, to launch out on your own. Would you struggle with the fear of failure? And attached to that fear, would you worry that others might reject you or that should you fail, you would look foolish. What type of lies might rise up to feed your anxieties and fears? Or would you remember and choose to trust that the God who called you to step out in faith has already mapped out the path ahead and has promised to walk beside you the entire way? I'm certain my guest, Mac Brock, wrestled with similar emotions when God called him to step away from his work as a founding member of the Grammy award-winning Elevation Worship to go solo. And he's joining us to share how God met him in that journey. Mac, thank you so much for joining us. It's so good to be here. You, you were asking that question, and I, I know I'm not on video, but we're on Zoom, and I kept wanting to raise my hand like, <laughs> yes, yes, I've been there before, yes, I've been there before. <laughs> 
I imagine. <laughs> Mac Brock's greatest passion is to lead people into a heightened awareness of the presence of God and to see individuals experience the breakthrough God has for them through worship. He's been a worship leader for over 15 years and co-wrote Oh Come to the Altar, Resurrecting, Here as in Heaven, and one of my favorites, do it again. Each of these songs have significantly impacted the church worldwide, and three of them landed in the top 50 on CCLI and four in the top 100 CCLI songs. Max served as the music producer and a key worship leader with Elevation Worship for a decade and has led thousands in worship in arenas and auditoriums all across the United States. Mac is married with two children and lives in Charlotte, North Carolina. I have to tell you, so my daughter did an internship in Charlotte and I love your city. So much great food. <laughs> Charlotte is the best. We love it here. God has really done a lot through your obedience. And I imagine looking back, you feel a sense of gratitude, but can you take us to the beginning of your music career? Yeah. I mean, I grew up in the church. My mom is a musician and my dad's a pastor. And so if you grew up in the church at all, like, and you're any sort of singer or musician, that's like the best breeding ground to, you know, kind of work out those muscles to get on stage and to sing. And so I kind of just grew up doing that. And that eventually led to playing in youth bands and high school and all that stuff. Actually, I want to go back. I want to, I want to kind of touch on this for a minute, because I think a lot of times we just live in a broken world. And so we absorb lies right? From just yeah. our world. And I know from having friends who are married to pastors and my daughter was best friends with a pastor's kid for a long time in high school. There's a lot of pressure, even if you have the most amazing parents in the world, and even if you're at the healthiest in the healthiest church in the world, there's a lot of pressure either spoken or even maybe assumed growing up as the pastor's kid. I mean, people are always watching you, right? right? Yeah, that, it's so interesting that you say, even if you have like great parents that work hard at that, that's what my parents were. My dad and my mom were both very protective of not putting any sort of pressure on me and my sister or doing anything to heighten all the stuff that comes along with being a pastor's kid. But regardless of all their best efforts, there still comes some sort of, you know, pressure or like I, I tell people often, like, I feel like I've been in a quote unquote, like leadership role my whole life. Yeah. Even as a kid and then as a middle schooler where you just subconsciously even feel like I'm supposed to be a leader. I'm supposed yeah. to be, you know, and that has untangled all sorts of like messy stuff that I've had to work, work yeah. through as an adult of like, you know, that's not my identity. That's not like <laughs> I am a leader and, and that that's a, a gift and a calling that the Lord may have like put on my life, but that's not it's something that I've carried my whole life and I've had to learn like, no, that's not necessary. That's not like who Mac Brock is at the heart as a child of God, you know? And so there is like a lot of weird stuff that comes along with growing up as a pastor's kid. And one of the reasons I want to ask that is because I'm curious as we go forward and as I hear your, just your journey of stepping out on your own, if that ever kind of returned to the surface and played into maybe having fear of failure, like I'm supposed to be this mm. successful and this leader and just the pressure of that. When you, I'm curious, so you played a big role in Elevation Worship. Yeah. I mean, me and my wife, we got married back in 2006. And then less than a year later, we were at Elevation. Wow. You know, we moved, moved to Charlotte and it was like a new church in the city. And, and we kind of moved there to be a part of the growth of this thing. And so just a lot of like our early marriage, you know, the foundation of our marriage was 
kind of coinciding with the growth of Elevation and what we're building there. And so it was definitely a whirlwind and, and a wild thing, but such a special, you know, we got to see the Lord do like so many amazing things. It was such a special experience to be a part of. I recently, I, I launched a parachurch women's ministry and I recently passed that on to a new leader. And so I know when you, when you are part of the building of something and you see God bless right. it and multiply it and, and grow it. There's some wrestling and some sorrow when he calls oh, yeah. you to step away. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Sorrow and grief and confusion. You know, I don't, I don't know about you, but for me, when we, when we first felt like the Lord, because it wasn't like, uh, I'm trying to think about it, say this. It's not like I left elevation because I wanted to start a solo career. We were content with where we were at. We were content with like the ministry we were a part of, with what we had poured into for a decade. And so when the Lord kind of puts it in your spirit, that little like first little prick of like, hey, if I asked you to give this up, would you? If I asked you to step away, would you? At first, there was a lot of like, I'm going to hold on even tighter and like, no, I want this. <laughs> you know, I, I like what I'm doing. So I'm, I'm not going to let this go. And slowly, just by the grace of God, sometimes we get to a point where he has to forcibly like take it from us. Or in our case, he allowed us the process to, to, to navigate those questions with him, to, to navigate the confusion with him, to wrestle with him, and ultimately felt like, yeah, the Lord is, is very clearly saying, like, your assignment here is done. It's time to step into something new, even if you don't know what the new is yet. And so that that was our experience. Wow. So that, thinking in two terms, so we had mentioned fear of failure, right, when you're launching out on your own, but then also the fear of the unknown, like, that seems like it would compound just any sense of insecurity or uncertainty going forward. Oh yeah, very much so. <laughs> I remember just that, that fear, the, there's like the financial fear, there's the stability fear. I'm a very, I like to be comfortable. I like to be safe. I'm a person that like, I want things to make sure I've got like the plan, what is going on, you know? And so to have all of that kind of not taken away, but all of that just kind of removed from the forefront of our lives was like super scary for us. Um, and a lot of times, like there were some days where like, okay, we, I feel confident. I feel secure. I feel like this is what we're supposed to do. And then I think about something or a fear pops in my head and I'll be like, no, let's actually wait. Let's see, you know, maybe we were confused. And so there's a lot of like back and forth with that. How long was that process? Just the, the wrestling? How long did that take? I mean, it, it's, I don't know. I, I would say like, because it was such a weird thing. Because for us, it was almost like you felt that nut, you felt this nudge in your spirit of like, hey, it, it wasn't like, hey, I want you to leave this thing. It was more like, hey, if I were to ask you to leave, would you be able to? And so that was like, honestly, that's like a weird wrestling thing because it's not like you're feeling like the Lord is leading you this very specific path. It's kind of just like talking, it's like a conversation with them and you're talking back and forth with them. Does that make sense? And and so for us, for, that was like a several month long process of like asking those questions. But when me and my wife both ultimately felt like at peace together, that was almost when I, when we both knew is that we were both on the same page and we both felt the same prompting from the Lord. We both felt the same direction and peace from the Lord. And peace is such an interesting thing too. I don't know. I'll just go right into it if you're okay with that. But like for us, I've learned, man, like peace comes in waves and you can have like peace from the Lord and, the, and he can give you like a grace and just like a calm in your spirit. That doesn't take away anxiety that doesn't take away like the stress or fear or second guessing but I do find so much comfort like knowing 
knowing the transcendent peace of the Holy Spirit is like on, on us. And so when we both kind of felt that peace is when we felt like released. And we've had several situations in our lives, not just leading Elevation. We Moments when we moved to Charlotte to be a part of Elevation, we had to go through this whole process of like, we don't know anybody in this city. We're, we're coming to be a part of this brand new church. We don't know, like, <laughs> we hardly know anybody here. Don't know any musicians. We're building this worship ministry. How like So we've had several moments, you know, in my wife and I's lives and our marriage that we've kind of had to go through these processes. Hearing your story, just thinking of how gentle our Savior is, right? Like you said, he first just asked you, like, do you think maybe you could? And looking back at your time with Elevation, that he was already building in those faith muscles, so it wasn't as huge of a leap probably as if just, you know, your first year of marriage is like, okay, I want you to start on your own. And, and there you go. Right. <laughs> yep, exactly. And and we've even gone through that, you know, we're foster parents now. And so even like stepping into that season of life was like another, like, this is very scary. This is like very unknown. We don't know what we're doing. <laughs> we don't know much about even the foster care system, but we go through the process with the Lord and, and he has a lot of grace for us. And he, and he allows us to come with our doubts and come with our fears and come with our confusion and just walks with us day by day. Let's talk about fear of failure in particular. So yes. was that something, what did that look like for you? Is that something you wrestled with and what was kind of tied up in that? I think as like a creative, you know, I'm a songwriter, I'm a worship leader. And just like anytime you're doing something creative or you're, you're recording music, you're putting it out into the world, you might be a writer, you might be a podcaster. You're saying like, I've got this idea. I don't know if it's going to connect with anybody, but I'm going to put it out in the world and, and we'll just see. That just naturally comes with so much fear and stress. And I think for me, it's less like fear of failure. Like I'm not going to have my needs met or I'm not going to have income for my family, or like, I don't wrestle with that as much as I think it's just like, is this going to connect with people? Is this just a thing for me that I like, and I have bad taste, so no one else is going to like it? You know, like, I wrestle a lot with like those types of fears over anything else. I would think that'd be a constant, so I'm actually a writer as well, and I feel like it's a constant battle between your career is driven by numbers, right? Like, I mean, that's just right. kind of the, yeah, the reality. It's a reality. Right. Yes. But at the same time, you're trying not to be driven by numbers. And so do you find there's like that constant wrestling internally? And, and how do you really process through that? Yeah, I would say that it, it comes and goes, you know, and there, and there are certain, I always kind of describe it like when I'm in a, an emotionally healthy place, I'm very secure in what I'm doing. I'm very secure in what the Lord has in front of me and the music that I'm making and the worship songs that I'm writing. And when I'm emotionally and spiritually secure, then I feel good about all that stuff. But just like anything, like I'll have days of weakness and I'll have days of insecurity and I'll be driven by like, oh shoot, not enough people have watched this YouTube video or not enough people have streamed my song on Spotify. And I go through that and I don't have, I don't know, I haven't done a deep dive in my psyche of 
you know, I, I, I really like this conversation because you're asking questions. That I'm like, huh, I wonder, like, I'm like having to wrestle with this in real time almost. I don't know if it's necessarily even unhealthy to care about those things because I, I do care. Like, I do want the, the songs that I'm writing to connect to people and, and in a way that, that that is like driven by number. At the same time, I also find peace and comfort in it's not the, it's not necessarily the fact that it has reached the masses as much as like if it impacts somebody or if it has an impact on if I hear a story about a song that I wrote that's not even like that popular of a song that means so much and that like really carries a lot of weight in my spirit and a lot of weight of I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing and, and I'm sure like as a writer you probably experience the same thing where it's like you want your your books to sell a lot you know and you want it to reach as many people as you can but even if it doesn't the people that it does reach still carries a lot of weight in our spirit that's beautiful yeah I love that pack that a bit and I love you said like I'm just throwing stuff we we go deep here so I probably should have warned you like I love it (laughs) I love it (laughs) but for those who so you grew up in the church and so you I'm assuming you learned and watching your parents I'm assuming they had a strong faith and so I'm assuming you learned you talked about being emotionally healthy and spiritually healthy so talk to our listeners who really either they're new in their relationship with Jesus Christ, maybe they don't yet have that relationship, or they just don't know what it looks like to to be in that healthy place. You talk about you kind of, sometimes you go back and forth, and I think that's very real for all of us, but what does it look like for you to be in a place of spiritual health that you can say, okay, in this moment, I am secure in who I am? Yeah, yeah. so we have a, 12-year-old son, our oldest is 12 right now. And so we have a lot of conversations with him, you know, because he's going through a lot in middle school. You know, that's just a crazy time of life. But one of the things that we talk to him a lot about is how our, our emotions are liars and they're real. We can acknowledge our emotions, but often they are lying to us and they're telling us things that are not true. And so I don't want to discount discount his emotions. I don't want to discount my own emotions. Like a lot of times I might be talking with my wife and I'll be like, I know I shouldn't feel this way, but this is how I feel right now. (laughs) You know? And, And I think it's okay to say like, to acknowledge like, this is how I feel, but I can't let that speak lies to who I am or lies to what the Lord says about my life or lies about what the Lord has done in my life. And so for me, when I talk about being emotionally and spiritually going to help these place, I think it's just going back to the truth in scripture of who I know I am in Christ, who I know I am as a husband, as a dad, the things that like really carry the most weight in my life. It's going back to those like fundamental truths that just speak truth. Even when my emotions are lying to me, even when my thoughts and my anxiety is speaking lies to me, I can come back to that truth and it just kind of centers me and it calms me. It's definitely not a 100%. I'm always doing that. But I think I've, you know, I've been doing this a long time and and I, I turned 40 this year. And so I've got more years under my belt of like looking back and and seeing the seasons of my life that I've had to go back to those truths. And that's what kind of sustains that health. Yeah, I love it. And I, I often actually remind our listeners that our fears lie, lie to us specifically regarding who God is and what yes. he's done and what he's promised. And, and when I find myself wrestling specifically with fear of failure, it's often because I don't fully believe God will come through for me, or I don't fully believe that he will remake, that he will make his will clear to me. 
Like if I, if I go deep enough and I'm like, what, what am I really wrestling with here? Is that ever true for you? Like when you were in your wrestling period, did what, what maybe little lie kind of whispered in your ear when you were not being diligent to hold tight to truth? (laughs) Yeah. That's like one of the most true things that I could say about myself is, is I think like growing up in the church, like I said, my parents did such a good job at, at creating like a, you know, a safe space growing up. But naturally, I think for me growing up in the church, I really wrestled with shame and failure and feeling like I had this very distorted image of God in my life. I even have like a whole song about it called I Am Loved. It's basically about this perception that sometimes we have of God as like this big, annoyed, frustrated God in the sky that's kind of constantly like, hey, you're still struggling with this. Like you've been struggling with this for two decades. Why why don't you get over it and, and move on, you know, whatever. And just the truth is like, that's not how he sees us, you know? Like we are beloved children of God. He looks at us with pride. He looks at us with just so much grace and so much even understanding, like he understands us. And so I definitely wrestle with that, even still wrestle with that mentality of the Lord sometimes of putting him in this position that he is not, but that's just like my human, you know, reverting back to me as a kid (laughs) almost, you know, and I have to, again, speak truth about who God is. Look at scripture and say, what does scripture say about who God is? The reality not just my feelings. And I, I wonder too, as you're stepping, so as you're stepping forward and you're, you're wrestling with these things, does that also help you gain clarity? You've got clarity in scripture, but then does it also help you gain experiential clarity regarding who he is as well? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Me and my wife are both ambitious people. We're both planners. We like to have goals. My wife runs a ministry that has like a large influence. And so we're, we're very goal oriented type A personalities. But when we actually like look at our life and when we look back at our life and we've been married for almost 18 years now, so much of where we're at now was not accounted for in our plans. It was just something came up in front of us and we felt like we were supposed to be obedient to that. So we say yes to that and step into that. And that leads to some other path that we had no idea where we would be now. And I say that to say, even though I'm a planner, even though I like to have all my ducks in a row and know what's coming and know how to prep for it and plan for it and all that stuff, the majority of my life when I look back at it and really big decisions came from simple acts of obedience and simple yeses to what was in front of me that I felt like the Lord was causing me to wrestle with or, you know, go through. And so that doesn't take away just like the anxiety of the future. Like what's next? I want to know what's next. I want to know what's coming, but it does give me a little bit of like peace of, I couldn't have planned where I'm at now. I couldn't have written out this script. I I didn't write out this script. (laughs) You know, this is just like, one step in front of the other and eventually we're here and look how good God has been. And so I I look back, I take stock of like all the positive things in my life and, and the things that I'm grateful for and can trust. I use that to trust. It'll be the same tomorrow, you know, and I can, I can believe that for, for myself and for my family tomorrow. I'm also reminded of when Jesus said in John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and have it to the full. And when I think of hard decisions, I often, I like to think of kind of this fork in the road where I'm either moving towards further towards death and dysfunction and, and despair or 
towards increased life. And did you, so as you're, as you stepped out, speaking of life and, and life in Christ, how has this impacted your intimacy with him? Hmm. Man, it's definitely when I go back to like, I put a lot of stock in comfort. I put, you know, I think the Lord is very acutely aware that comfort would be an idol in my life if I let it. And, and that's something that I can just being comfortable is like something that I like want to treasure. And I think he knows that. And so he's constantly putting me in positions that make me uncomfortable, (laughs) make me rely on him and solely him. And, and so going back to your question, like, that has created an intense intimacy with the Lord of like, Hey, I really need you. Like I need, like, I can't do this. And the position that I'm in right now, it is dependent on you showing up. And whether that's like through my music, whether that's through my kids, you know, and the crazy seasons that we go through as parents, whether that's through my marriage or, or my wife's ministry, it's just like a constant, acknowledgement of our dependency on him and that automatically creates intimacy i actually read something you said in an interview with the christian post this was back like in 2018 so i went i went went deep but you said you said quote that that your journey quote pushed me and my wife to walk by faith in a way like we hadn't in a while and really experience god's confirmation and voice and i think that really speaks to what you just said that intimacy that you talked about do you have any as as we I'd, I'd love to hear where you're at now and as we close like maybe just one god came through story to share hmm i mean man there's so many like little things that he does constantly i mean i think like just like a, a big thing is when i stepped out one of the hardest things is that I, I like being a part of a team. I like, I like being a part of like a worship team. I don't like quote unquote, Mac Brock solo artist by himself <laughs> doing his thing alone. That one that frightens me, but it also like, I just like doing stuff with the people that I love. And one of the coolest things that I've gotten to see over the last seven years, like leaving a team that I loved and people that I loved is that I've been able to create music and still do ministry with my best friends. And that might sound like a small thing, but like I, even recently I signed with a new label centricity and the person that I work with close closest at centricity is a guy named James Duke, who was the very first musician I met when I moved to Charlotte. And I've been making music with James for, you know, 16 years now. And now I'm back doing it with him every single day. And, and that's like a gift. And that's just like, I think that's like a small little thing of the Lord saying like, Hey, like I, I know your desire, the desires of your heart. And I know what you want to experience in your life. And so I'll give you these like little things that help fill those desires. And I have countless things that, that he showed up and he continues to show up. Yeah. It's always kind of fun, you know, and, and one of the things that I don't know when this airs, but 
you know, we're kind of in the new year now. It's in January right now. And one of the things that me and my wife do at the end of every year toward the beginning is we like look back. And so we recently even like look back at 2023 and we just try to write out everything big and small that we can think of. That's like something positive that came out of that year, whether it's my son's robotics team got to go to the world championship. That was like an amazing thing. So we wrote it down or whether it's just our daughter got the lead in her small little theater play. You know, like stuff like that. But but I say all that to say, going back and seeing all those little things is so important for us because there are oftentimes, especially as parents, especially as like creatives that are just trying to do something in the world, we have a lot of doubt and we have a lot of like, I don't know what's next. I don't know if what I'm doing is good. And it gets easy to get in that kind of wilderness mentality or that are feeling like we're alone. And I use, and I go back to those notes and say, no, look at all the positive things that happened last year. Look at all the positive things that happened two years ago. That's what we're going to do the same thing at the end of this year. So we're going to have a lot of positive things that we can look back and celebrate. And let's not get caught up in just like the fear and the the scariness of, of the day to day or what's right in front of us. And so it gives me a lot of hope. It gives me a lot of like peace in my spirit when I do that. Reminds me of your song, Do It Again, <laughs> reflecting on God's yeah. goodness and, yeah. and kind of moving it totally. forward. Yeah. So tell us about your latest release. Yeah. So I just released a new song called Just Like You've Always Done. That is essentially what we're talking about. <laughs> you know, it's it's building our faith. It's believing that, like, look at all the things that God has done you know, in biblical times, but also in our lives. Look at the miracles he's done. Look at his faith. Look at him pouring into us, but believing like you're not done yet. You know, it's not over. Like you're still doing it today. What you were doing back then, you're doing it today. You're going to do it tomorrow. I'm such a big believer in writing songs to stir our faith in that way because I need it. You know, all the things that we're talking about today are the things that I have to like preach to myself constantly and and get myself back on the right page and so that's what the song is about it's about building our faith and and declaring just truth about who god is and what he's doing well i love that it's a great place for us to end i'll put links to spotify and all that for our listeners so that they can find you and really build their faith with those those truths of who god is at his in his nature and his heart for us thank you so much for joining us this has been awesome i feel like it was like a Many therapy sessions, so I appreciate you, Jennifer. <laughs> awesome, awesome. I'll bill you later. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for listening. If you haven't already done so, I encourage you to subscribe to this podcast, then you won't miss a single episode. Share it with your friends. And until next time, may you live as one who truly has been set free. It's a crazy world out there, moms and dads. I'm Katherine Seegers, host of Christian Parent Crazy World, the podcast that tackles tough topics to help you be a godly parent in an ungodly world. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.